Bibles, please, if you would, and turn with me to the book of Joel, the book of Joel. I'm going to ask you to use your Bibles tonight, and I'm going to try to be conscious that the, uh, the time to get to these passages, and I want to read several scriptures, but I want you to see them with me. I want you to see them with me, maybe, Jerry. Brother Jerry, maybe up here, a little bit more up there, possible on the monitors would be a help to me. Jeremiah chapter number two, excuse me, Joel chapter number two, uh, Joel chapter number two, and uh, that's one of those little books of the prophets there near the end of the Old Testament, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. Nahum. If you see any of those, you're close. The book of Joel, and we are in chapter number 2, and we are in verse number 28. I'm going to pray. I'm going to have you remain seated. And I want to take you on a little scripture journey and then preach to you for just a few minutes. It's been good already, amen? If, if we shut it down right now, it'd be good, wouldn't it? But it'd be better if we added the message too, right? <laughs> and so I appreciate your time, I respect your time. By the way, the BGBS kids have a two-hour delay tomorrow in advance. Man, I ought to make this a long sermon now. All right, anyway. <laughs> but... Uh, Joel chapter number two, I want to pray and then jump in. Heavenly Father, please fill me with your Holy Spirit as I speak. What we read about tonight, we need. We need in our lives. We need in our church. We need thy spirit to be poured out upon us. All is vain unless the spirit of the living God falls fresh upon us. We cannot do thy work in our own strength. We must be empowered by thee. Help us in Jesus' name. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward. Joel two twenty-eight. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. A great outpouring of God the Holy Spirit is prophesied here in the book of Joel so many hundreds and hundreds of years before our New Testament text. Now go with me to the Gospel of John in the New Testament. We find this promise prophesied in the book of Joel among the prophets of the Old Testament. Now we go to the Gospel of John and chapter 14. The Gospel of John and chapter 14. If you happen to have a red letter edition of the Bible, you will see 
that the words we are about to read were spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ when he was on the earth. In John 14, beautiful verses 1, 2, and 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. Jesus comforts the hearts of his disciples, letting them know that he has to leave them. Now across the page you will find in verse 16, same chapter, John 14 and verse 16, 17 and 18. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. If you notice in verse 16, that the title Comforter is written with a capital C. That's a proper name. That's the Holy Spirit, right? We find also in verse 17 that he is called the Spirit of Truth with a capital S. This is God the Spirit, third person of the Trinity, who is promised when Jesus says, I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you without a helper, without a comforter. The Holy Spirit will be sent by the Father to be with you and for the first time to be in you. Notice the last phrase of verse 17. The Holy Spirit will be in you. Jesus, after he rose from the dead, appeared to his disciples on several occasions. One of those is recorded in John 20 and verse 22 at which time he said to them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Before Jesus rose from the dead, the Holy Spirit did not indwell the believers. The Holy Spirit came upon the believers for certain events to be empowered, such as Samson, for example, such as David, many other examples. But now then, the book of Ephesians teaches us that when we are saved, the Holy Spirit of God Woo, about to get excited. The Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of us and is in us. Amen? There is nowhere you can go as a child of God that God is not with you for he lives in you. Amen? What are you talking about alone? No, never alone. No, never alone. His Spirit dwells within me. Hallelujah. Now look at uh, verse 26. But, Jesus continues, The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things 
and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. I was talking with one of the men here tonight, yesterday a little bit. And we were talking about how the Holy Spirit is our divine teacher. This is the text. And uh, how that you can go to kindergarten in the Bible and you can go to graduate school in the Bible because the Holy Spirit, let's, uh, let's have Brother Hamilton come and pretend to be the Holy Spirit, though he's nothing like him. Um, but, uh, but as I read my Bible, the Holy Spirit, but I tell you what, let me be the Holy Spirit because I'm closer to that than you are. Uh, but anyway, but as I read my Bible, the Holy Spirit would say, do you see that right there? That right there is for you. And the, <laughs> and, uh, the Holy Spirit will show you what he wants you to know and understand. People say, well, I tried reading the Bible and I couldn't understand it. Don't worry about what you don't understand. Now, you can understand more by asking God to open your eyes. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and uh, Psalm 119. Uh, and you can be obedient and he'll get excited about showing you more. You can apply what you learn. He'll want to show you more. But, but don't quit reading and studying the Bible because there's things in it you don't understand. Let me have Miss Anna Kavnis stand up for a moment, if you would. Miss Anna Kavnis, stand up. And uh, who, who at Bailey's Grove Baptist School teaches, uh, uh, what's one of the higher maths? Where's my principal? All right, Miss Brianna Shook, stand up. And uh, what do you teach? Pre-calculus. All right, she's teaching pre-calculus right now. I have no idea what that is, but it's a good thing. <laughs> now, Miss Kavnis, do you teach pre-calculus to your kindergartners? Why? Well, they're gonna, they need to quit kindergarten then. All right. Do you teach the ABCs in pre-calculus? No, you don't. Now, wait a minute. Same school, right? But we have enough sense, or he has enough sense. Not for much, but he has some. Uh, but he has enough sense not to put the kindergartners in pre-calculus class, right? He has enough sense to give them a teacher and a curriculum that teaches them how to count, how to do their alphabet, and even how to read. They'll be reading before the year is over. And um, so thank you very much. Now, I didn't say go anywhere. <laughs> now, uh, he represents you because he's a heathen, so he represents you. And uh, that was supposed to be funny. Um, I represent the Holy Spirit in this illustration. He's reading his Bible. Now, God knows where you are. God knows. So, now, I don't mean this to put you down, but some of you are in kindergarten spiritually. You don't read your Bible faithfully. You're not faithful to church. Uh, you don't pray faithfully. Uh, uh, you, you don't memorize scripture. You don't, you don't give out gospel tracts. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking down to you. That's just where you are. You're young in the Lord. So when you read your Bible, don't expect to understand everything. God's not going to enroll you in pre-calculus when you haven't learned your ABCs. Everybody understand this? God, the Holy Spirit, is our divine teacher. Amen? So as you read this Bible, he's reading his Bible, then God, the Holy Spirit, uh, men should not have long hair. That's for you, sir. And... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, you get the idea. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. 
So, um, this is the ministry. This is one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit as he lives in us and indwells us. Now go with me to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Jesus has risen from the dead. He has already been seen by several folks. The disciples are meeting together and he just shows up. Keep in mind, he's in his glorified body. He doesn't have to open the door to come in. He just is there. And he does that in verse uh, number 36. Luke 24 and verse 36. And as they thus spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. They said, Ha! Huh, it's a ghost! <laughs> and he said unto them, Verse 38, why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Oh, this is so beautiful. Can you imagine being there? Behold my hands and my feet. That it is I myself. Handle me. Can you imagine John the Beloved coming up? Hold your hand down. You can be Jesus now, okay. But can you imagine John coming up? Handle me. Thank you. And see. Verse 39 again. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. Now go with me to verse number 45. Same chapter. Verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, watch it, watch it, watch it here. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. There's the promise again. Jesus said, wait here. In the city and pray, seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit, 
Wait here until ye be endued with power from on high. That is what was promised in the Old Testament prophet Joel chapter 2 verses 28 and uh, unto 32. Now keep your finger here in Luke 24 and go with me now to Acts and chapter number 1. Keep your finger in Luke 24 and go to Acts 1. I want to show this to you chronologically. So Acts chapter 1 verses 3 through 8 chronologically fit where we left off in Luke 24. Acts 1, 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion. That's what we were just reading about. Remember that? See my hands, see my feet. By many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Look at me for just a moment. What they, what they are hoping is that now he's going to set up his throne. Now he's going to overthrow the Roman oppression. Now he's going to be their king. Now, now is the time and they can sit on either side of him. Jesus is going to sit on a throne on earth. But it'll be seven years after the rapture when he comes back with you and I on white horses to set up his throne for a thousand years. It's called the millennial reign and he'll rule and reign from the throne of David in Jerusalem. And woohoo, I'm going to rule and reign with him. Amen. They wanted it then. Jesus said, not yet. Verse 7. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. It's not for you to know when I'm going to come and set up my kingdom. That is reserved for God the Father. Hey folks, did you know that the Father has not even told the Son when he's going to send him back? Did you know that? He has reserved that for himself. God the Father alone knows when he's going to send the Son back. And if, by the way, if Jesus doesn't know, then the guy you listen to on the radio or the podcast you listen to, he doesn't know either. People saying, Jesus is coming back this time. Oh, nonsense. Read your Bible. Verse 8. But ye shall receive power... After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem, that's where they lived, and in all Judea, that was the region round about them, and in Samaria, further out beyond in other regions, and unto the uttermost 
part of the earth. This was written in 33 AD. 30 years later, according to Romans chapter 1 and verse number 8, the gospel had literally been heard in the whole world. These New Testament Christians, baptized in the Holy Ghost, obeyed at that time the Great Commission. And Romans 1.8 says that the whole world had heard. You're, you're turning to it anyway. We might as well go there. Romans 1, 8. I hear pages turning. <laughs> Romans 1, 8. Uh, keep your finger in Acts now. Don't, don't. Well, <laughs> you can turn again. Romans 1. And uh, look at verse, um, uh, did I, uh, I'm sorry, I said 8, but I meant 9. Verse, Romans 1, 9. For go, no, I'm sorry, verse 8, that's true. Romans 1, 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of, look at it, throughout the whole world. How in the world did their testimony for Christ go throughout the whole world? By what we're getting ready to read about in Acts chapter number 2. You got your Bibles there? I'll, I'll skip some of what I was going to give you. Just It has to do with the ascension. We'll skip that and we'll go straight to the book of Acts. And look at verse number 9. Acts 1, 9. Acts 1 9. And when he had spoken these things, telling them again about the coming of the Holy Spirit, when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Jesus ascended up, the New Testament Gospels tell us. He was with them and he parted from them. While he was blessing them and ascended up into heaven, they're standing there looking. Where did he go? And then all of a sudden, two bright men showed up, appeared, and they said, what are you guys looking up there for? He went up there, and he's coming back the same way he went up. And in the meantime, you all have a job to do, if you remember. He gave you a job. And they said, yes, he did. And they went and did as was commanded. Look at verse 14 of Acts 1. Remember Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem. Uh, uh, Await for the promise, the promise of the Spirit. Verse 14. These all, that's an important word, circle it. These all 
continued with one accord. Circle those two words. Those are important words. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. That's pouring your heart out to God with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren, his family, all his family are are believers now. They were not all believers during his earthly ministry, but his family's there now. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of names together were about 120. Now, folks, look at me. Here's 120 people. In the next chapter, we're going to read how they are baptized with the Holy Ghost. They are filled with the Holy Ghost. On that first day after being filled with the Holy Ghost, 3,000 souls are saved, baptized, and added to the church. A few sentences later, another chapter, another 5,000, and then on and on, day after day after day until Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. The whole world had heard about the testimony of those who believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all. I have in my Bible the word all circled in verse 1. And I have a line drawn back to chapter 1 verse 14. Where I have the word all circled. And then I have the words one accord marked. And I have a line drawn in chapter 2 verse 1. One accord. To chapter 1, verse 14, one accord. My point is, this happened during a prayer meeting. They were all with one accord in prayer. And when the day of Pentecost was come, fully come, they were all with one accord uh, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. He goes on to mention in verse number uh, well, let's keep reading. Let's, let's get the whole context. Verse 6. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak. Notice this. And this is what the gift of tongues is. Every man heard them speak in his own language. Amen. Folks, listen to me. Listen to me. You want to know what Bible tongues is? You just read it. How hear we every man in his own language? And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, our own dialect, our own language? Wherein we were born. Then he lists these uh, folks and where they're from. They spoke different languages. This Jerusalem, of course, is a, a, is a big city. Many people from many different countries and areas gathered here. Much like 
the United States. Verse 9, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea, Cappadocia, in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews, in other words, uh, uh, aliens of Rome, strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes. Cretes and Arabians, we, listen to it, look at it, look at it, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. How in the world could these men who did not speak Cappadocia, (laughs) I'm trying to think of the language equivalent, who didn't speak the language of these nations. How in the world were they able to communicate the gospel? Why? Because they were baptized with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Spirit of God came, manifested itself as a mighty rushing wind, cloven tongues of fires, and the Holy Ghost of God came upon them, and they began to do exactly what Jesus had told them back in verse 8. When this power comes, this power is for witnessing. This power isn't to knock people in the head and make them pass out. This power is for witnessing. This power is for getting folks saved. This power is for reaching the lost. That's what it's for. Verse 16. Peter stands up and preaches. And he recognizes the fulfillment of Joel 2, 28 through 32, which we read a while ago to begin with. And he quotes it, but this is the, that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. This is a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy. This is a fulfillment of what Jesus Christ promised in his earthly ministry. And what he told them to pray for after he had ascended to heaven. He said stay in Jerusalem and keep praying and seeking me until ye be endued with power from on high. How could a group of 120 people reach the known world at that time? I'll tell you how. Because they were all together in one accord in one place praying simultaneously for one great move of God and that was the outpouring of his Holy Spirit upon his people and when he did we find the results tallied at the end of chapter 2 verse 41 this is one day's harvest then they that gladly received his word were baptized In the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls saved, baptized, and joined the church on one day. Amen? Which, by the way, is why we do what we do around here. First thing I did, first out of my business as a pastor, 28 plus years ago. First thing, I 
got Mr. Wicker. I said, I need your truck. Let's go. And, and, and I drove out to, to, called around, and drove out to Liberty Farm and Garden Center and bought a horse, uh, a, a cattle trough where you, you water cattle, put it out in the field, put water in it, and the cows drink out of it. And I brought it in the building over there. I said, we can't be a Baptist church without a baptistry. And we put it in there. And folks still in this church here today, we're saved, we're baptizing that baptistry. Now we got a pretty one. Amen? Same water, same baptism. Hallelujah. 3,000 saved and baptized and joined the church the same day. Verse 42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together. And had all things common. Now I don't know of any other place in the Bible where you find what we're about to read. And by the way, it didn't last long among this crowd. But it was for a time. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Can you, can you imagine the level of commitment of this group of people? The Bible said they, they had, they all, look at 44, look at verse 44, all that believed. How many believers do we have already? We have 3,120 already in one day. Started with 120, beginning of the day, end of the day, 3,120. And all that believed were together. Were together. Amen? And had all things common, sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. Whoo! And you think pastor wants you to give a lot. (laughs) Anyway, we're almost to the end. And they continuing. Continuing what? What they had done. Continuing in the doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, the prayers. And they continuing daily with one accord. In the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They'd eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Look at me for a minute. Singleness of heart. What does it mean? They all had the same heartbeat. Their lives had been transformed by Jesus of Nazareth. The story of his death, burial, and resurrection had gripped their hearts. A mighty display of God the Holy Spirit upon his people, poured out upon his people. And they said, no longer will I live for this life. I will live for the next. 
What do you need? Let's all work together. Let's be in one accord. And God poured out his spirit continually. You read the book of Acts and it's miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And I submit to you, Bailey's Grove Baptist Church, that the God of Acts chapter 2 is still alive in 2024. And the God that heard the prayers of Peter and Mary and Jesus' family members and those other apostles and the 120 that gathered in that upper room is still alive tonight and he will hear the prayers of this church and this church comes together in one accord in one place in prayer with the same heartbeat desiring the fullness of the Holy Spirit there's no reason in the world that God would not pour out his spirit upon us again he is no respect of persons He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And His power to heal a marriage, His power to save a soul, His power to break the chains of addiction, His power to break the chains of alcohol is still available tonight. He can do tonight what He's always done. And He wants to do it again for a group of people who come together and say one great thing matters that I walk each day in the spirit die to myself crucify my old carnal flesh and walk each day in the power of the Holy Spirit you and I can see miracles that are recorded right here Would you bow your heads, please?